we all are. With nothing but our wit and our will to save the world. So stand and fight. No way we all get through this. I got no plans tomorrow night. People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy Planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, your man of the hour, maybe an hour and a half, Derek McCaw. Well, I thought it'd be Derek Tyler. Derek TikTok Tyler <laughs> oh, was yeah, the yeah. man of the hour. Well, then you'd be powered down at the end of the hour. And that may that's happen. That's awkward. It also makes the podcast go faster if we know that I'm going to lose my <laughs> Exactly, powers. exactly. Uh, instead of Miraclo, I'm taking, what is this? Uh, Caramel Macchiato. Caramel Macchiato. Oh, delightful. Delightful. And I'm drinking out of the mug that says pants. Again, a reminder that this is one of the few fully clothed comics podcasts. True. Always has been. Always has been. This is, uh, but it's comics, movies, and television. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on Thursday, March 26th, the middle of summer. And we are podcasting from the Brett Cave. <laughs> it may not feel like it in your part of the <laughs> But I know. I'm sorry. Because I'm not saying that as a positive thing. It's just ridiculous. What was, was the high today? 80? 84. It was 84 when I was driving over here wow. at 6.30. So, anyway. So, it was probably higher than that during the day. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we are at the Brett Cave. And we are missing tonight, of course, Nate Costa, who... Uh, we hope that Nate will be able to rejoin the podcast. We'll have him on as a guest on Sunday, a semi-regular. I know. But, you know, that's the thing is, um, not to, to name anything, Nate is working very... Uh, busily, uh, very much in demand as a as a PA. In now that he's moved down to LA, it's finally something clicked, and he got a job, and he's working long hours. And God bless him because he's got a wife and a baby, and he needs to take care of them. And this is great. But and he's in a, show business. It's a loss to our podcast. I mean, we're hoping that, that he'll be able to come back in, or that we'll be able to like reschedule to record at a time when we know Nate will be here as well. Yep. Uh, so, but anyway, and it, so it is uh, myself and across from me. The podcast producer, sometime moral compass. I say sometime. Sometime. I'm giving you freedom. Okay. Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. And uh, so we've got some comic news, some movie news, some TV news. Of course, you probably picked us up on iTunes or the Stitcher app. Please rate us, review us, tell your friends if you like what you're about to hear. <laughs> Are you psychic? Can you know ahead of time you're going to like what you're about to hear? Hit that like button. Or now. you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com where you will also find uh, an Amazon link. So if you hear about something on this podcast that uh, you want to purchase and you can't find it at your local brick and mortar store, because I am all about supporting the small businesses first. But if you can't find it, use the helpful Amazon link. We get a little bit of a kickback. You may also, if you feel, hey, I got a tax refund, I can afford to give a dollar to my favorite podcast. And then there's another dollar left over for Fanboy Planet. Go ahead and uh, and donate on the PayPal button there. So, uh, and also, if we offend you, uh, if you've got comments, compliments, co- criticism, commentary, 
anything, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I want to put that up front because who knows? Because I'm going to open with, before we get to comic news, I actually got an email this week. Excellent. Uh, and it was not from Nigeria, which I was once startled to discover actually those do come from Nigeria. But anyway, um, I just think that's funny. But anyway, we got from someone named Sweet. And I, I don't think that I can actually help Sweet, but I'm going to po- post it on uh, the website and see if anybody can. Uh, and it was headed Tarzan. And it is funny because I was thinking about this very topic like a couple of weeks ago in my head. It just like ran past me going, huh, because Lucy Lawless was in this. And I think with all her popularity, I'm surprised this hasn't come up again. Uh, whoever Sweet is, male, female, I don't know. Uh, there's a blue heart uh, on an emo- emoji. Um, and it says, hi, I know this is a long shot, but do you know where I can watch Tarzan the series that was shown on the WB in 2003? Any mm. links you can share would be awesome. Thanks in advi- advance. First, to be honest, if if it's not a legal way, I'm not going to promote that. Right. Uh, but and, and that's not, I'm not passing a judgment. I know this is the way things work. But it is an interesting question to me because I didn't like that series i'll be quite honest about it but it's interesting for a long time that was um that was an article we got the most uh feedback from from readers back in 2003 it was before you had become involved right. in Cowboy planet michael goodson and i um because people were absolutely in love with the guy who played tarzan who was travis fimmel who was on vikings now and everybody's crazy about vikings I didn't like the show, and I think part of it was I was not yet ready. You had to be emotionally prepared for the updating of your of, of sure. the novels. You know, sure. it was set in 2003. It was the Greystoke Corporation. It was very, you know, I, the approach was very WB to me. Now we'd say CW, and I just I just not ha- I just hadn't gotten used to it. I was I, I was not accepting of it. And they did their their uh, Lone Ranger with Chad Michael Murray that I didn't like either. Because they weren't mine and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I have a vague recollection of it, but I, I know I didn't <laughs> it watch. It didn't last long. But I suspect it was just a little bit ahead of its time. Like, they hadn't really quite gotten the formula down. Um, so, anyway. You know what my favorite Tarzan on TV was? Ronnie Lee. No. That's the proper response. No, it was the Filmation series. The Filmation the series, Filmation which series is awesome. Was great. Yeah. And they also have a fantastic Flash Gordon. But what it said, what the question to me, and I, I'll look up, is... I thought they had released that on DVD. And if they have not, they're foolish. It should show up on Netflix or Hulu Plus because you've got Lucy Lawless, who is just as big as ever. Mm -hmm. Um, She's actually going to be back on the, (laughs) which I think this is great, the Evil Dead series with Ash, um, Atollicus and Xena back together again. Um, And you've got Travis Travis Fimmel is the star of of a television series that people are just going nuts for. Now, I've never watched Vikings, but I've been to Comic-Con when the cast of Vikings showed up for a fan signing, and people went insane for this guy. He was like a male model, and that's why we get – people were mad at me. This was like – you. this is like right now, today, if I made a joke, as I'm about to, about Zane leaving one direction or rather going in a new direction, uh-huh. um, you know – Instead of teen girls, it was actually people in their 20s wanted to lynch me for saying that Travis Fimmel, in the role of a monosyllabic ape man, right. uh, was not much of an actor, but he was pretty. Um, and to the point that, uh, you know, it, it was just like, and, and I don't know him. It's nothing personal. Yeah. I didn't like the series. But anyway, but I would get 
this is weird because not right now I get one email like maybe every three or four weeks directly related to a podcast or an article that's legit. I mean, there we I get a lot of offerings for like aluminum siding for my website office. Right. Very odd things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would get like four or five emails a week for about a year after the show was canceled because we were one of the few articles you could still find up. Yeah. About about it. And then finally we had it. Probably because he's on this Viking show. People are looking at his IMDb. And then oh, no, no. I'm saying articles. now they're looking for Tarzan. I'm yeah, saying yeah. this was way back when before he was. Like he disappeared right, for right, a few right. years. It was just odd. Um, and I've not watched Vikings, but I, I have a lot of friends who swear by how great that show is. And I'm like, that's awesome. It just goes to show that, you know. It's just the right guy in the right project, or you know, some people, some actors just need to be unlocked in the right in the right system. So, so for our, our listener, we have nothing, but we'll. Uh, well, we're we'll going to post because I have a, you know I have a couple of days, and I, I've thought about doing this in general. I, I had also gotten uh, an email a couple months ago about a guy who was looking for a toy, um, and um, a specific toy, and he said, like you know, you you know you know Jordan Hembro, which I want to say, yeah. I don't know if Jordan would recognize me in a crowd. But you've talked to him a couple of times. But I've talked to him a couple of times, yeah. I say. But it, but it is, you know, it's like, no, no, no. I've interviewed Jordan. It's another popular article, too. It, it is. It is. And uh, both of them, because I've interviewed him twice. Um, and I, and the guy said, like, you know, he couldn't find this toy. And he, is there any option besides eBay? And I said, well, you know, you should check Jordan's thing. But I was thinking that maybe for now, when people write in, I should run those letters and say, like, okay, can somebody help out? Does somebody know where this toy yeah. is or whatever, you know? And, I mean, I would recommend going to HollywoodHeroes.com and seeing Do a it. regular series called Ask Fanboy. And we, which we would if we got emails more. on a regular basis. Well, we just yeah. do it whenever we whenever. Yeah, we so anyway, yeah. there it is. Uh, it's out there. Does anyone know? Is, there, uh, is Tarzan available on DVD? I really didn't have a chance to check. It's not something that I myself... I, if it showed up on Netflix or Hulu, I'd or even Amazon, I'd probably be like, "Oh, I want to, I want to revisit that." Yeah, because there are some cool people on it, and it's an idea that may have been just been a little ahead of its time. So anyway, we'll yeah. move on from there. But if anyone can help sweet out, uh, please let us know. Let us move to some comics news because my gosh, so much there is so much. So you, you want to talk about Secret Wars and Convergence? Yeah, simultaneously. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the af- a couple of aftermath things because we know this is happening, and I'm going to throw this out there to someone like Cardiangelo who understands the rights a little better because the aftermath of Secret Wars that we know is going to happen um, is now confusing me a little bit involving those Fantastic Four rights. Oh, okay, and, and here's why. I'll, I'll get I'll get to it. Okay, so the Marvel released who the all new, all different Avengers are going to be in the wake of Secret Wars, and confirmed the worst kept secret in the comics industry, like this is a matter of life and death, that Miles Morales will be a member of the Avengers, right? In in the post Secret Wars, yeah. Prime World, not, it, yeah. not in the Ultimates. with Ms. Marvel, which I think is really cool, and yeah. uh, the Sam Wilson Captain America Iron Man. Uh, I can't remember who else I saw on uh, Nova. So the the young that young I want to say Sam Rockwell. That's not his secret identity. That's right. a great actor I love. Uh, Sam something uh, is that new Nova. Um, he's not that new anymore, but he's no. not Richard Ryder. That's that's what I know. Is it Sam Ryder? No, he's not related. He's not related. Nova? No, the the new Nova is not is not Richard's son. 
his dad was in the Nova Corps, but he was another human being who was oh, out there. Okay. Original Sins started that, explained it. it was the only time I read Nova. Okay. I'll be reading Nova again thanks to the Black Vortex because I am committed to reading that entire epic. Yes. Which is of diminishing returns, as I was afraid it was going to be. But anyway, that's not my thing. But they're also launching Uncanny Inhumans. And this is where I'm confused by the rights issues. Because one, they showed that the Human Torch is joining the Inhumans. So even though there will be no Fantastic Four book, the members of the Fantastic Four will be in other books. Is it Human Torch or, or Toro? Because Toro was determined to be an Inhuman. Oh, then maybe everyone is confused by this. Right. The official, what people are saying is it's the Human Torch. No, if you read... But if it's Toro... It, this was in... Um, Invaders? Invaders, yeah. I didn't... I haven't caught up on, yeah, my, yeah. on my stack there, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Toro, th- that the, um, the original sparking of his fire was kind of a premature uh, Terrigen uh, effect. And then when, thank God they can the, retcon that in because really that was one of the weirdest origins yeah, yeah, yeah. even even for the for the golden age. And then when he actually went through the whole cocoon phase and came out looking pretty much the same as he was before with uh, firepower as, as he had before. The only weirder uh, origin would be uh, the infusion of mongoose blood that created the wizard. Yeah, and the uh, inhalation of of hard water vapor uh, fumes. Which gave Jay Garrick super speed. Um, I've 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 had a shower with hard water, and uh, I am as slow as ever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, but uh, okay, so maybe it is Toro, but that still begs the question. It is very clear because obviously we know there's a movie coming in humans. If you're watching Agents of Shield, Inhumans are all over it. Yeah. Um, and I'll just le- leak ahead a little bit that Vin Diesel teased, and again. Stop teasing. We, I, I, I think it's a great idea that he's hinting that they're casting him as Black Bolt. And I, I think it's fascinating that an actor with such physicality and, – and I want to defend Vin Diesel yeah. because he's been getting a lot of crap. And I'm, and I'm jumping ahead. But, but I, I saw a little observation online that said, really, when you re- think about two of, of his most – Affecting performances, and I don't want to take a thing away from them. Right, were just vocal with very few words. Iron Giant, which I can't even uh, see. I started thinking about him saying Superman at the end, and that makes me cry every time. Yeah. Um. And I'm sorry, there aren't a lot of actors that can actually accomplish so much with so little vocabulary, and then to play the beloved character. In Guardians of the Galaxy, who only has four words that he can say, you know, I am Groot and, and we, we are, are Groot. Groot. I'm sorry, yeah. that's five because yeah. he conjugated yeah. five words. Again, not every actor can do that. Sure. And so that's that's great. But I thought it was funny that you would take – you totally take his physicality away and just his voice is in one character. Right. And then you give him the, the character of who is all physicality because he can't he's, speak. Yeah, he's essentially without destroying preferred mute. You know. <laughs> you know, um, so I would like to see that. I'm, but, but my question really is, is if as, as Carr D'Angelo on one of the car casts, we had talked about that we thought that he thought maybe the package was like the first hundred issues or the entire Lee and Kirby run a Fantastic Four. Yeah. How do the Inhumans escape, escape that. being a Fox property? Yeah. So somebody tell me because I don't understand how that happened because 
that happened early enough in the run. Didn't the Inhumans appear before the Silver Surfer? I'm not sure that they did. Uh, it's uh, and and the Inhumans was something they teased out too. They had a couple issues where they kind of showed well, in the but, shadow. But, but and regardless, stuff too. they yeah, appeared they in Fantastic been, Four. Yeah, Lee and Kirby created them. I don't understand why they're not included in the other things. <laughs> Just like really, when you think about it, I don't quite understand the legality. Thank God, you know, between the Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch, why they can be both the Fox stable and yeah. in the regular mainstream Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, anyway. Um, May have been that when Marvel made the deal, they they were considering uh, doing an Inhumans show, so they just said we're going to hold this back. You know, could be, could yeah. be. Um, so anyway, that's just a question out there. But to get back to the aftermath of the Secret Wars, the effect on comic book stores of Secret Wars and Convergence at the same time is a arguably mess. competitive. Arguably competitive. Marvel is cutting down. You know, they promised like a lot of books are going to get canceled. Yeah. Okay, so the first month of the Secret Wars, there are 19 titles. That's all they have in the mainstream superhero universe. I'm like, oh, that's doable. If yeah. you were a Marvel fan, reasonable. Then it goes up. It goes back up to 57 in the second month. Right. Now, it's divided up into weeks, but it's still... I don't care. It's still 10 to 12 books a week. Which are probably all three ninety nine to four ninety nine to five ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of went... I when, when they asked me yes, last night at the store... Uh, myself going to Elusive, you going to Hijinks. Yeah. Uh, when they asked me at Elusive, um, you know what? Making sure, do you have you got every book you want? And I and I said I'm going to let the chips fall where they may, yeah. because I don't know what I care except for I think I pre-ordered the the um, Garth Ennis one, the the pilot in the uh, Where Monsters Well. The one that's going to be in, with a World War One pilot, uh, Balloon Buster fighting. Uh, no, it's not Balloon Buster. That's the that's the DC character. Um, I can't remember which what their World War One pilot was, um, but it, it, anyway, fighting dinosaurs. You know, and like Garth Ennis writing that. It's going to be fun. Frank yeah, Joe's yeah. doing a cover. Please, I'm going to be happy with the art. You know, so. I'm fine with that. With that, but it was the only one that I knew that I'd want. And what about Convergence? Because I was in when I was in hijinks. Um, they said, they said, what do you, what do you want from Convergence? I said, you know, I don't care. I'll just, I'll just look at the racks and, and sample. Cause for me, you want one, you uh, do want one. I can guarantee one. I imagine, I imagine there are Supergirl. Really? Because that's the book that the real ambush bug will be appearing. Oh in. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, it's the matrix Supergirl with the, uh, quote unquote son of Lex Luthor, the red, headed red bearded red beard, clone yeah. um you know and and an ambush bug and people were and at, at the store they you know the diamond previous is like what do what do ambush bug and supergirl have in common and i, and I went push my glasses up on my face and i said because ambush bug's second appearance was in supergirl uh. because he thought that she was superman in drag and the entire issue he was popping in and out teleporting trying to pull the wig off mm. And then, at the very end, revealed, well, no, that was just fun. And he knew exactly who she was, right down to the secret identity. Said, the wig fools no one, Chica. And <laughs> walked away. And so, it was... Uh, okay, that's cool. But uh, the, the, fundamentally, Secret Wars is going to sh- is shaking out to be what is going to be the next Marvel stable and i will argue books. back fundamentally 
Originally, Convergence wasn't. Yeah. Now it is. Because uh, Convergence just seemed to me like, oh, it's a lot of kind of like little nostalgic bits of what could have been before the new 52. And that was what they were, that was basically that was what, what they, they were saying. Said, and then Secret Wars got announced and then they realized they had time to shift things. So there will be some shakeout from Convergence that will affect the, maybe we're great 48. Yeah. Not the new 52, but um, are we too late, 48? Write in with your favorite <laughs> rhyme for that. Um, What's your alliteration? We're <laughs> Just your rhyme. We're releasing a spate of 48 books. <laughs> I don't know. We hope you won't uh, hate, hate 48. 48. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, but... I, I'm I'm still I'm still much more sold on the Marvel side than on the DC side, and I think it's partially because <coughs> the the new Fifty Two let me down in so many ways, and so many, <coughs> and, and even books that I was really thought I was going to love, and actually in some cases did love. Like um, I liked Omac, I liked the and even even though it was kind of screwed up by the people who were working on it, naming no names. Um, the uh, there were and there were other books like that too. There were books that I thought should have been much better. I should I, I should have liked uh, what was the one with Etrigan and all the, the all the oh, superheroes. Oh, uh, the Knights. Um, yeah, yeah Paul Cornell wrote it. Yeah, um, I should have liked that a lot more because that would, that hit on so many characters that I with did Vandal like. Savage yeah. teaming up with Etrigan and trying to make uh, you know a, a a period when get Vandal Savage was more chaotic neutral. And chaotic evil, but it ended up being like a D and D campaign where the dungeon master was drunk when you got there. It was just like a rambled with nothing. It happening. was editorial interference, which is why Paul yeah. put it. Um, yeah, I, you know, and they claim they've learned their lessons, and I and, and I would agree with you. There were some books, Blackhawk. How can you screw up Blackhawk? Don't ask that question. Have we not learned something from comics? It's true. Never ask the question, how can you screw up blank? Because that's just challenge accepted. <laughs> um, we shall show you now. We shall make them actual hawks. Uh, <laughs> and they're not really black. They're kind of gray. And they're, well, that's just Charcoal. a color. That's a color you can shoot. It's a melanin thing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree because I, I, I was thumbing through some things uh, – Recently, I mean, like Batman said, okay, Green Lantern was readable for a while. Then they got, you know, and they got desperate. But even when they launched, uh, if you remember back with the New Fifty Two, there were mini series that you didn't know where it fit in, like the Shade. James Robinson yeah. got to write write his twelve issue Shade story, which was great. Which I don't think they've collected into a trade. I haven't seen it, and because they don't know where it fits, because he's got the New Fifty Two version of uh, Deathstroke in there, and and then it's like, well, okay, so is. But James Robinson did what James Robinson always does. Like, I don't care what your bloody continuity is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to write mine, you know, which is... Which is why he writes good stories. Yes, which is what they're claiming the uh, new slate of 48 is going to be. Um, <laughs> I, we're going to do it. We'd like to skate with our next 48, you, uh, you know. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, I won't berate your 48. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, I... I know I'm going to come up with another one. It's coming. It's coming because I've got this fantastic mug. Um, pants. Remember pants. Anyway, so, but you don't know what to order. And it's two months of, of, of chaos. And actually, um, Brian Hibbs of Comic Experience on Comic Resources writes a column called Tilting at Wind- Windmills. He's a San Francisco retailer. And he said exactly the same thing. It's like, not only do we not know what to do, both sides have messed it up because I, we can't commit 
it's two months of, okay, maybe we'll have a slate, but we don't know what's going to sell afterwards, what the ongoing books are going to yeah. be interesting. And it's not the death of of the retailer. Nothing is. We've People have claimed that for years, and and we'll be fine, uh, you know, because you know everybody will be will be saved by Funko Pop vinyls right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it was Mana for Magic, fifteen twenty years ago, uh, but it, it's um, it is difficult because as much as I would like to say I just want to see trade paperbacks, I would support that model and give me a good book, you know. Uh, I understand the nature of what the comics industry is, is they, is those stores are dependent because somebody was mocking me about this. Somebody not realizing um, he had met uh, and it may have been somebody from my new work that had said like he was talking to a friend who was in the comics and he goes like he goes every week. And outsiders yeah. don't get that. It's right, like, right. well, yes, you, you do. You have to. You go. And because there are spoilers on the internet, you read your stuff. It's become your weekly habit. It's, well, like, it's just like you, you you watch your TV series or probably more to the point, soap operas. You know, if yeah. you, you you might be able to miss one or two soap operas because well, I so think much that slower. episodic television. No, I think yeah. it's even regular episodic televisions become yeah. so. Even sitcoms are so tied into sure, continuity sure, now sure. that yeah, you know, I mean. And people don't get that. I, you know, that's even stuff like uh, um, Breaking Bad. You know, yeah, you couldn't miss an episode and not know, hey, how did this happen? And, right, or when Game of Thrones, when the Red Wedding happened, and yeah. it's like, oh, for God's sake! Or I'm sure uh, last I, I saw this on Facebook. Somebody going, I had to unfriend a bunch of asshat friends who couldn't keep their mouths shut about Walking Dead. Uh huh. I'm like, well, I'm I'm glad I don't care because you're right. Half of my asshat friends. And if you're one of them, I love you, asshats. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it would not shut up. Yeah, you know, it's almost like there are very few shows I ha- I can care about that deeply. Like, don't spoil a Doctor Who for me. Um, maybe Flash. I mean, it's easy for me to avoid, but you know, because there is this other solution. People stay off Facebook till you watch the episode. Yeah, that's true. The too. world's not going to come to an end. Yeah, not, somebody's going to go, hey, I want to tell you something. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard the good word about who died on Walking Dead this week? Um, not to mock people who are going door to door with the gospel, but um, you know that's what it is. So uh, anyway, that 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 is the thing. And here's the other thing: I'm talking about with publishers not also supplying the books in the right numbers. So here's the thing: Star Wars has gone crazy. Um, Princess Leia, the solo book, yeah, sold out. You're up to third issue of Darth Vader, third printing. No, third issue. Right, right. Um, sold out. Plus, also the third printing of a first issue. And this, and what's happening is it's not Diamond screwing up. Everybody likes to talk about Diamond. Marvel did it as FOC, um, so you could adjust your orders, but they didn't adjust their printing to oh. go along with the upped orders. So, so people, they got shorted. So everybody got shorted. Huh. So Darth Vader is now... Okay, so at Elusive, uh, and I, I can say this, is uh, number three came out. Uh, yesterday uh, it sold out by the time I got to the store and I was like okay I'm, I was only going to buy the regular Star Wars book anyway maybe I'm going to buy the Cade um, the Rebels tie in because yeah. you know I like the show maybe Luke will be into it and um, so they were scrambling trying to get more copies to get first printings of a book that came out yesterday already other other retailers are not able are gouging yeah 
Uh, the book that came out yesterday is already. Hijinx f- always has a one per co- one oh, yeah. per customer. It's on, already up to fifteen dollars a copy on wow. on eBay. Wow, for a book that's a it week came old. out no, a day old. Oh, the, a day oh, this old. is the one. This is the one with the girl on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, wow. it's it, it's just crazy, and the same. Now, the same thing happened. People got caught short last week with IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in which there was the apparent death of Donatello. That's shot up. They didn't warn retailers that, oh, by the way, something big is going to happen. Right. And on the one hand, it's kind of nice that there's no spoiler. Yeah. But on the other hand, no one outside of comics has learned the lesson yeah. that the inve- you know everybody speculates like crazy, just uh, if you'd like to go and see, uh, you know, that, that box of Superman 75s that I know is out in your garage, and you didn't buy them for yourself. There's people giving you them as gifts, you know. Probably. Well, I think I have five copies of, of Superman number 75, which well-meaning friends, uh, you know. What would, was in 75 again? That was the death of Superman. Oh, that one. You yeah. know, bag, but they're like, they're, I'm sorry, they're they, dime bin, that was, quarter they, bin. They bagged it, and yeah, that's, yeah. You know, and because everybody bought them. And you know the other, the other thing about these the, the the Star Wars comics to an to a title they are excellent, and I'm my favorite that. one is Darth Vader because they've found a different way to tell that story that is compelling, interesting, and makes total sense in the context of where he is in the plot line of Star then Wars. Maybe I will buy the trade paperback. Yeah. I, I just try to stay down because I can't get deeper into another universe. You know. I will buy. I'm buying Star Wars one through six at least because John Cassidy is the artist. At a, although I do feel uh, his art looks a little rushed, but they're keeping him on schedule, and I think that's why. Um, it's still better than so much. Oh Lord, that's out there. Uh, it's better than half the Black Vortex books that I've been mm. buying. Yeah, thanks. Um, sorry, Marvel. Um, no, you know, and that's not. A, and I, I want to say what I'm seeing with Marvel is. Is I, I when I criticize art, it's like art that just isn't appropriate for the book that I'm expecting to get. Yeah, you know, uh, in Black Vortex, I want when I've got one ti- one title in there is this really clean, bright art, and then the next one is I think it's Andrea Sorrentino, very scratchy one, right? Very scratchy. It looks artist. more like an indie. Um... Yeah, overly detailed, and I can't tell any characters apart, and it's all muddy colored because that's appropriate for his art. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, X-Men's had that problem for years. Yeah. I mean, they've always had, like, these series that run parallel and they cross over, but they'll have one book, like, maybe it'll be X-Factor that'll be just like, oh, I can't even, I can't even begin. Well, well, Sean Phillips drew X-Factor for a while, and it was appropriate as long as you were just reading X-Factor. But when you're crossing over the things, it gets very jarring, and it's hard to follow the story. I felt the same way about that, the Winter Soldier relaunch. Was like that oh, the artist, current one is very strange. It's, I don't like that artist at all. Yeah, um, but maybe on a different book, I would like it. Yeah, but I think it's you know, but that's neither here nor we there. We should move on. We should because those things are going crazy. Um, we do want to talk because uh, it's going to be a busy night. You know, uh, I want to say that Legendary Comics is launching, and I mention it because I like Joshua Hale Fialkov is mm-hmm. writing uh, Pacific Rim. Good guy for Legendary, and Oni Press, and this is a book that maybe not a, a lot of people were paying attention to, but Oni Press is releasing a 10th anniversary paperback of uh, Elk's Run. Which I read on your recommendation. 
And is that not a fantastic book? It's a really good book. And I mean, it's a, it's it's a single story. It's not. It's a, a single story, and it was released in single issues yeah. at one point, and then and then it was good. So it's, doing, it's really cinematic. You can easily see I, that turn. I into am a film. so surprised. And I, the only thing I can think of is that at the time, no one was looking to this stuff. Oh yeah. Um, it is so cinematic, so timely. Mm-hmm. You could do, and, and it wouldn't be particularly expensive. It would just be. No. It would be a really good movie with a lot of CW wannabe actors or Disney actors yeah. trying to cross yeah. over. A good adventure story. It's it's a character driven story. It would be fantastic. So I'm just throwing it out there. Oni Press is going to release it. I think in time for Comic Con this summer, mm-hmm. maybe sooner. I highly recommend, and if I find it on Amazon, I'll change the link. So you know, just shoot me an email this weekend before you post the podcast, so I can make sure that okay. link gets changed. Because I really want to push that book because it was, it is a Elks really Run. great story. Elks Run, and again, if you can find it at your local comic shop, do. If you can find it, at which Barnes is the name of a town, it's not not anything about right. to do with elks right. or anything right. or running. It's not an animal. It's like story. we three. It's 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 yeah. watership down. It's elks running. It's all real people. One hundred and twenty-eight pages of venison, just <laughs> just haunting you. Mm, tasty venison. The dark side of Bambi. Um, oh my god! <laughs> which does remind me, there's this. We watched Big Hero. Luke and I watched Big Hero Six, and there was an interview with one of the directors. Who talked about the power? And I never thought of this. And I, I know it's a, it's a diversion, but I got to say it. I had never thought of this. Was <laughs> he said um, that the first Disney movie he ever saw was Bambi, and he understood the power of an animated film because he loved it. Great movie. It was the movie that taught him that someday his parents would die. Yeah. And he started crying on this interview, and I and I don't mean to laugh because I was just like sitting over next to my son going. Is that the lesson you took out of Bambi? Are you going to be okay? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, that's an observation that I never really. Luke's just thinking, it'd be fun to have a skunk as a friend. Yeah. We, I called him Flower that night. Yeah. He's a little gassy. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. But anyway, uh, no, because I can remember that. that actually, my, my daughter, when she was like three, because my daughter had fantastic story sense yeah. as a little kid. I mean, to the point people would be like, she got that. You know, we were, she was like three. She'd watch Bambi, and I hadn't been with her, and, she, and I said, and I said, did you like Bambi? And she said, yeah. And she got quiet for a moment. And she goes, I think Bambi's mother was killed. Mm-hmm. Because no one would actually say that explicitly to her. She right. just watched and bleeped over and she thought about it. And she said, at three, I think Bambi's mother was killed. I said, I think you're right. And she said, that's sad. And then moved on. But, you know. <laughs> she could be a studio director now. My daughter's got to, uh, no. That's true. She's going to be whatever she's going to do. She's going to do a yeah. hell of a lot better than I ever did. In or my producer, life. producer, be producer. Yeah, yeah. Well, but she be no because she actually knows too much. Okay, to be a producer. She, I was just going to the detached uh, evaluation. Of the no, yeah, yeah, actually, she'd be yeah. She'd make a, she would make some great story notes. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I think she. I told her I think she'd be a director. But anyway, let's move on to um. I'm, we got a lot of convention news. I want to lead off with something positive about conventions right now. Okay. Actually, we're going to be paused about conventions. It's just, it is convention crazy. Gen Con. I'm really proud of these people. Um, Although, I guess they've made a political stance. Indiana has signed this, what do you call it, Freedom of Religion Act? Is that what they're calling it? Um, And they're casting it. Let's let's not get deep into it. I don't want to get deep into it, except I I, I do respect that, that some people may believe it may follow a religion that. From my interpretation, they've reached some conclusions that are a bit bigoted. I'm not, but I don't have to. 
um, frequent your businesses either. But the point is when an entire state has allowed this, has put into law something like this, Gen Con, which is something like uh, $500 million into the state of Indiana. Oh, they, in the letter it said that we were responsible for, um, wow, it was like $50 million 50. worth of revenue 50 for, million. Okay, for so the state. For the state, fifty million. That's that's, that's no small. That's not a, not a, that's a decent part of a budget, you know. Considering that it's only like what five days, yeah. Um, that they may that they uh, I think they've decided they're not going to move. They're going to let their attendees. I saw this just before I came o- over here. They're going to let their attendees make up their own minds and and release a list of businesses that have chosen not to. Um, you know that are that, that are going to serve regardless. They're going to say all are welcome here. So yeah. there'll be a sign. So there are already signs like that in, yeah. in Indiana. So that's you know that's that's happening. But I thought good for them for making a stance yeah. along with Salesforce dot com, which has pulled out uh, of Indiana or wow. making the plans to pull out. And I think you know that's um, that's interesting. But I, I I'm very proud of these are the positives of fandom instead it was, of instead it was of getting a very even-headed letter yes and, and it, when we saw when we saw last summer with Worldcon, uh you know picketing john uh, not picketing but having a protest against yeah. jonathan ross well it wasn't Worldcon; it was some of the people oh, well who were, no i'm sorry you're right it was it, some people within where fandom even if they were right and i'm not saying they were right, right. or wrong but even if they were right the way they went about it ended up being so exclusive and ugly yeah and this seems so even-handed i you know it was like this is i wish we could get back to this concept culturally all around the world let uh, all around the country let's just have a reasonable conversation yeah, they about a, they it. made a business case so they said we have all these people who come from all over the world of all these yeah all these uh, preferences and and of backgrounds and such and we are concerned about them having a good time at our convention and if you're if there's this kind of law we were we're really um concerned that they won't and so and that didn't that didn't actually say anything about the right or wrongness of the law it said this law puts our business in jeopardy yeah and that's the way to handle it yeah. and, and you know and so i'm really pleased that fandom that members of fandom did this this way yeah. You know, a reasonable, maybe open to reasonable debate. I don't know because it's still too new, but yeah. good for them. It just got signed into into the law uh, today. Today, yeah. And uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see because there's also the Indy 500 that there are some people that are already saying they won't go to that. So. I, I can easily see it being challenged in court. And I don't know what you do when it's well. It I guess you escalated. have to challenge. It you escalate escalated. to Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so. That's uh, I call that not craziness, but there was oh my gosh, it's three weekends in a row, four weekends, uh, four weekends and a hotel apocalypse. Um, this weekend we're not attending. I would not see that movie. Emerald City Comic Con. So there we there are people going up there and enjoying where Comicsology is having a meet and greet tomorrow night, and also saying listener Linda Wen- Wenzelberger is there oh, today. Well, good for her. And she was sending pictures of the fact that she could buy cosmetics and chocolate there. It's like, and I said, you're going to Emerald City Con- Comic Con, and you're buying cosmetics and chocolate. I feel that that was a misplaced priority. Yeah, not to judge a listener. No, no. no. But uh, but anyway, Comicsology is offering uh, a party where you can also apply for a job with them. Oh, interesting. So they have uh, openings, and uh, I not that I'm applying for a job. I did just ask, are you going to repeat the same thing at the next thing, which is WonderCon? 
next weekend. Those are two major, like, back-to-back. I mean, yeah. people have to go up to, Se- uh, to, up to Seattle, then they go down to Anaheim next weekend, which I'm looking forward to, so um, we'll be there. Um, and then two weeks after that, his big wow, which is going to be so is huge. So, uh, we'll attend one way or the other. We still haven't actually got. I'm anxious to see how big it is this year because the jump between the last two years was yeah yeah, yeah. was so astronomical. Let this officially be uh, our statement of excitement uh, and that we're covering big wow uh, in San Jose with some really great guests this year, and of course our own Lon Lopez with uh, thanks but no thanks production will uh, be showing uh, Cobalt, the second chapter in AFAM. Uh, we'll be there in a booth with uh, action Dave. figure action movie. I, I call it AFM because it's really cobalt. There's nothing on the poster that says, you know, it's AFM is very small. Cobalt. No, it is cobalt, um, which has also been accepted into a military film festival in uh, oh. Virginia uh, sometime, I think, in the summer. So I'm very excited for, for Lon's effort there. Even though I only have one line in, uh, in that. Uh, but. Uh, Hey, it's another credit on the Internet Movie Database or there the IMDb. Uh, anyway, he's sharing a booth with uh, Jason Salazar uh, of uh, Beyond Forever Studios so that Donovan and Sims will also be featured there. So we ha- have a place to hang our hat uh, and some exciting guests coming. Jake Lloyd from uh, The Phantom Menace, young Anakin oh, yeah. Skywalker. He's grown is going up. To be, yeah, he's grown up. I'm intrigued that he's on the circuit because I had heard that he was kind of bitter. Um, well, nobody likes this movie. No, that's true. But uh, and, and I understand that. So yeah. I, but I, good for him for embracing. Yeah. Uh, and and and. But nobody. Up. That's that's the difference. Fandom cannot like the movie. So don't be a jerk, people. But still, be nice to this guy. But still say, you are you are somebody worth talking to. You're somebody that worth listening to. I want to hear your stories. About yeah, the movie yeah. So I stuff. think there's we we can say there'll be a little taste of Hollywood at Big Wow in San Jose. Uh, I think it'd be a little, uh, it'd be a big taste of comics because last year there were a lot of great artists and writers that showed up. Because um, I think Frank Cho has a piece, owns a piece of of Big Wow. Oh, really? Okay. Um, because he's he really do the classes. Yeah. yeah, he because he, they offer instruction, you know, workshops on drawing and so forth. Um, so really, a show that is. As you're right, it's probably in the midst of another growth spurt because last year was huge with cosplayers. Yeah, I'm all for it. That's fun to me to go and, and watch. And the convention see center has has uh, blown out its its floor space since last year too. So it's a great space for you know. And another one, I mean, say WonderCon, and I know unfortunately you're. No, I'm not going to go. You're not going to yeah. be able to go, but um, but WonderCon has a couple of really good places for they have this beautiful fountain out front where it with tiered steps so people can pose and for shoot, cosplay yeah. and, and for shoots it's great big wow the san jose convention center is another perfect place for cosplayers there were so a lot of great places very, to shoot there i got very some great excited shots for that year. for that so uh we will be like i say covering one way or another and just a reminder to people regardless of where you are in the country seek out your local uh comic convention Regardless of whether or not they call themselves a Comic Con or not, they, these are good experiences to go to. And you may, it's an incredible expense to go to San Diego, and it's a physical wrecking expense, and it's nervous and all the way through. And you wonder why so you do it. So let's talk about no, end. don't. I said we were going to be positive. Okay. No, but but you have but a you, funny definition of positive. My, I was coming around. Inconceivable. You interrupted. I see. You can you can get. A lot of the same experiences locally, and you should support your local efforts to bring 
conventions like that to people who otherwise wouldn't make the effort to go all the way to California. What I'm saying is I wanted to be positive about San Diego because we did have what is on the internet known as hashtag hotelpocalypse today uh, or two days ago, uh, which is that, yeah, I mean, this is the reality. The smaller shows are going to be where, one, a lot of comics talent. I know that I have a lot of uh, acquaintances in the comics industry that are not going to go to San Diego not because they hate the show, not because, it, but it, but that it is so crowded. It is so hard to get, as we know now, a hotel room. Yeah, um, and um, it's it, it's hard to get everything when you're out of the out of it. You're, it's hard to get a, a a restaurant reservation. It's hard to eat. It's hard to get a cab. Eat. I know. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, but I'm looking forward to San Diego because I I can't. I can't officially say what the project is, but I will actually be launching a project at San Diego. Um, so I'm very excited. To, exciting times. Excited. To, for me, it's very exciting. Nice. Um, and uh, and I believe and we're hoping that we'll continue with the Pro Fan Trivia Contest again this year uh, with Tom Galloway. And he and I have been talking a little bit and said, as far as we know, but they're not doing programming for another month uh-huh. you know they're just trying to get every find out who's going to come first you know yeah um <clears throat> so that's that's cool we should also say i'm a much bigger fan of big wow say than no offense to wizard world um wizard world is coming to san jose in i think september or october oh. uh, of this year so uh we should have sal sorrow on he knows a little more about it and uh, South Bazaar of the Mercury News, because he and I have talked about it a couple times. We've talked about having about, him on the show. We really need to. And we should, because I think I think a Spectre trailer may drop tomorrow, so we can There's have a, a teaser tomorrow. Teaser. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but Wizard World is interesting to talk about right now, because they're also going to launch their own Wizard World Comic Con crate. So... They're getting into the loot crate business. So wow. let's go. It's loot crate, nerd block, um, Marvel. I, I can't remember what Marvels was called, but like and I was talking to Elusive last night, and they're looking to get like five memberships in the Marvel one because they figure they can pay for the memberships by, by selling, selling the vinyls. Three of them, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, no question. And then you got the T-shirts and all that, and yeah. um, so. At some point, we're going to run out of money. There's just so much to to get. I made the decision. Remember, we were both talking about how good that Marvel one. I like, I didn't. I get just it. said. I just said no. It, and it's, it was kind of like the same thing I'd said about vinyls. Although I did buy some vinyls this year, and they were all Guardians of the Galaxy, Groot, and Rocket. And that's that's. I did not go any further. I avoided any of the madness. There are two that I'm going to have to buy. Which ones? Howard the Duck. Yeah. Okay. And I saw Fredzilla last night, and Fredzilla from Big Hero Six is just—I love that character okay. so much. But so. I, I, I pledged myself I wasn't going to get into any of the crates. No, yeah. and so I just—I just throw those mails away now when they show up, and yeah, unsubscribe as much as possible. So yeah, I know I—I'm—I'm I'm in the same boat with you, and mainly because I just went. Like I was talking to a young woman at Elusive last night who got the Orphan Black box uh-huh. the, you know and so she got this spy watch and it was cool and i said you know I, i'm really honestly asking the question is how much of what you get is stuff that you really want three days later how much is it and how, and, much? And how much is stuff that you want three days later you know and she said well you know i'd say probably about 30 percent of the stuff i get hmm. is stuff that i'm really excited i got and so and some of it's like oh that's cool and some of it 
I said, yeah. And then the other thing I have left is, okay, with, uh, be honest, I'm older. I've been collecting a long, long time. Where am I going to put this stuff? Because yeah. I've got a garage full of crap. You know, and so it's like, oh, yeah, it's cool, but I, I've got to be honest. You know, do do I have a place for yeah. it? I have resisted getting this Howard the Duck, even though I have everything that's ever been made for Howard the Duck, because it's like, where where am I going to put it safely? Like, you know, am I going to put it in the office? Is somebody going to take my Howard the Duck? I don't want that to happen. So, But where am I going to put it in the house? You know, so... Um, but it's coming up. I mean, it's like you know, it's like five or six competitors, and there's Nerd Block Junior because you got to get them young. Um, uh, yeah, I, I it's just it's not even it's not convention crazy. It's crate crazy. It's not that they're they're not they're probably worth what they put in. It oh for. no, absolutely. That's not what I'm saying. But I just got too just much like, crap. I, I look at stuff on the shelf all the time that I, I would go, yeah, I'd like to have. Well, that. you just showed but me I, a beautiful Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, piggy bank today. Which I'm gonna be honest, I'm like, you're right. That that's probably a, a reasonably priced facsimile of the Infinity Gauntlet. Do I need that? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. But I, I I told myself I haven't bought anything like that for a long time. Yeah. I think the last thing I got that was like that was when you brought the Batmobile back from uh, Comic Con, and that was year. like three times larger than we thought it was going to be. It was huge. It's still in the box, and I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking I can't enjoy this as much as it's the space it's going to take up. I may have to sell it, you know. No, I but I understand that. Yeah. I've, I've had those conversations because seriously, I've got a garage full of toys that I'm like going, well, I thought maybe my son would have them. Yeah. But Lon and I just had this talk, Lon Lopez and I, because, you know, we were talking about what happens in the next generation. It's like the, the thing we forget is they're going to get into something new of their own. Yeah. So it's cool that you have, say, a complete set of the Superman action figures from the late 90s, but Superman's not that cool right now. And if they, Or if they wanted a Superman action figure, they'd want the Man of Steel, as much as it pains me to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, Because that's their Superman. Because that's their Superman, yeah. you know, and that's exactly right. And, like, I have my Captain Actions. Luke thinks they're cool, but he's not once ever asked to play with it. But yeah. again, we got a lot of Big Hero Six stuff. We got a lot of Disney Infinity. Um, you know, hey, we got. We should mention Loki and the Falcon came out this week. Rick graciously picked up a Loki. Don't tell Loki's getting it for Easter. Uh, you know, but but I mean, that's the reality. Is he doesn't need any other Loki figure. Yeah, he just needs that because now he can play it on a video game. You know, so it's I don't know. So if any, anybody wants to make an offer on a complete set of Supermans, you know, I got them. Include, you know, uh, I've even got some Ultra Force figures. Ooh. Those are rare. Those actually might. They're uh, loose, though. Oh. I, I don't want to sell them because I think they're cool. Yeah. Let's move to movies. Let's. What a week. La, Lana Condor. We don't know that. What a fantastic name. name. No, because she's never acted in a movie before. Okay. But she is Young Jubilee in X-Men Apocalypse. Brian Singer tweeted. And I thought, that's fantastic. I looked at her and she's like... Um, Nerea, who we met, uh, Nerea Duhart, the star right. of Estrella, who cosplays She's, at Jubilee. I was like, oh, Nerea should have gotten that. Um, but, uh, you know, Lana is, because it looks like she's about 12, 12 or 13, you know, a very young that's actress. A, that's the young, younger Jubilee. For Apocalypse, that makes sense. Pre-vampire Jubilee. And the internet, it was all heartbroken. Jennifer Lawrence said Apocalypse was going to be your last movie as Mystique. And I'm like, yeah. are we really surprised? And it's time to move on to another one, because yeah. Mystique shouldn't be the main character. No. It, it it was perfect in the original trilogy. 
not that the original trilogy was perfect, but but with Rebecca Romaine Stamos, or I guess just Rebecca Romaine, um, being an actress who was just big enough that you knew who she was and right. was cool, yeah. but she wasn't a star. And the reality is Jennifer Lawrence has just exploded, yeah. and deservedly so. She's yeah. a great actress. Um, I'm, I can't believe that I am super excited for the last Hunger Games movie. Um but it's partially because she's been so compelling in that role. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, and now my son's into him. So, and know. I haven't seen the first part of three because I'm just going to watch them both back to back. Probably the smarter move. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's out there. So Lana Condor is Jubilee. Uh, and then I, I love this. Who <laughs> isn't in Avengers Age of Ultron? Because everybody's like, ooh. Josh I think Howard the Duck's in it. I wouldn't be surprised. No. The big thing is the big rumor. And it's not rumor. It's. I think it was pretty much confirmed by Joss Whedon, is that we will see Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Now, I don't think she'll appear as Captain Marvel because it'll we'll be like see Carol what? Danvers I think we'll see Carol Danvers. Somebody you know should should get superpowers. See, that's or something. that's far too controlled for me. I would just love to see her fly into a scene. Do something and then fly out of it. And, and the only reason I wouldn't tease me. The only reason I don't want that yeah. is because I want to see them do that with Spider Man. Like he just swings by <laughs> and like, holy crap! Which they've been. Ca- they've, there could be a whole bunch of scenes where all these guys just kind of jump into the scenes and they jump out. And you don't see it, nobody comments yeah. on it. Every, the rubble of Ultron. We would go. Oh, too late. Okay, yeah. <laughs> see they're out. Because um, uh, Marvel did start um, doing auditions for Peter Parker, so they have confirmed they're going with an actor who's about. They're looking at actors who are about 14 or 15. Oh. So they're going for young Peter, which, again, I don't think people that are like, well, I guess it's not going to be Miles. That's a young – because Miles is like 16 or 17. Well, here's what I say. As you pointed out, if he's an inspiration, the reality is if you cast somebody 14 or 15, they're going to age. Yeah. You get three good movies out of them. Yeah. And then they're 22 or 23. <laughs> it's like Menudo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Webudo. Uh, so, uh, you know, he ages. And then you – because, again, what I want to say, once Spider-Man becomes part of the regular Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't know what their end game is. We know from an article, and I think it was Forbes or Business Monthly, there is an end game. Like, they're mapped out to 2028. It's one big, long story. It's like psycho history. They must make changes as mankind works different pieces of chaos right. on them. But they but they know where they're going. And so unlike like James Bond, I don't think it's going to be recast if they can help it. They're going to let characters age. And then there may be a time when you actually reboot the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's been the flaw with Spider-Man is you did three, you rebooted completely, you yeah, did yeah. two. And we'll never know how that was going to... Actually, we are going to... You can know because apparently the, it's actually a trilogy of novels from the 90s that people didn't notice. They actually stole the plot from completely. Really? Uh, of, of Spider-Man bo- novels. Huh. So, um, which has everything, including the train. I can't remember what the name of the trilogy was but because I didn't read any of them. But uh, somebody can write in and tell me what they I are. I a ton of those unread. And one of the because they, because that's basically that's what Amazing Spider-Man was doing, was taking from. Wow. So right down to the guy in the shadows who appears in the jail cell at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 1. <coughs> so, But now if you bring Spider-Man in, he's got to age out. Yeah. Well, now they have a young guy to take his place. Sure. Legitimately. And that's, they do a Harry, Harry Potter, you know. 
No, well, right. I mean, that's just age age out. Just like they're going to Tony Stark is going to, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be Tony Stark as long as he can conceivably. And then somebody else is going to wear the armor. Yeah. But Tony might still be lurking in the background. You know, and. Makes total sense. Absolutely. And then, you know. And you can even have this, you know, so somebody else comes in. They are the hero for a while. They get taken out. And then Tony has to put the armor on one One last time. time. Oh. What a magnificent sacrifice that'll be. Um, So we know the Falcon's going to be in there. Of course, Anthony Mackie's going to show up. You know, you're going to have, you know, you have Black Widow. You know, you have Quicksilver, the Scarlet Witch. We know we had the vision that we haven't seen a very good glimpse of him yet. We just saw him open his eyes. Very close up on the eyes. Oh, that was intense. Yeah. Black Panther's probably going to be there. Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange may appear. That would be cool. And you might get Paul Rudd as Ant-Man in there. Um, and, you know, so it's like, who isn't going to be there? And you throw in Carol Danvers. Oh, my gosh. They did confirm that the Russo brothers are going to be directing Infinity Wars 1 and 2. And so the big rumor there is that if you get all these other characters in, and they did, they're the Avengers Part One, right? No, but but their 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 bona fides are. They're gonna have so all will have solo films by the time Infinity. No, no, the Russo brothers. The, the Russo brothers. I'm sorry, directed uh, uh, Winter Soldier and I'm just are directing to, Civil I'm, War, and Community. On Yahoo, there you go. The first episode of Community, <laughs> the sixth season on on Yahoo. Uh, website with the worst portal in the world, uh, with the, with with the worst player. Um, I'm not the only one who's noticed this. Anyway, uh, that, that I love that because somebody wrote to me on Facebook. One of my old friends said, "Like, oh, what do you think about the Russo brothers doing Infinity War one and two? I like Winter Soldier." I'm like, "Yeah," but what I love is that they directed Community yeah. and episodes of The Office, right. and and that they've got a great sense of comedy. And maybe they should be looking who should be writing uh, Captain Marvel. Get Tina Fey. Oh, that'd be awesome. Get someone with a, a strong you know, you team, her, team her up with somebody. But I think well, that, fine. Yeah. But I mean, somebody with a very strong comedic voice, give oh, yeah. her a drama Definitely. chance and want to talk about the issues. I, you know, anyway, Cause that really is what's, that is one of the factors that sets Marvel movies apart from the DC movies. No, I don't think you're saying that right. According to the guy in charge of Warner Brothers, okay, uh, it's that ours are more real. Uh, DCs are more realistic and oh, gritty. Good. Uh, so that's what sets DC movies apart from Marvel. Marvel movies are fun. Uh, so. <laughs> ours remind you the world we're 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 in. <laughs> thank you because um, I had to stop looking at Facebook today because the news was so depressing. Um, and that doesn't happen too often where I'm just so overwhelmed by, oh, my God. Um, so anyway, yeah, no, I agree. Although I'm, I'm ironically thinking Suicide Squad might be fun. But um, but yeah, but I yeah, agree. I the Marvel it. movies are the ones that understand. Look, this, was, this was acting 101. This was something that changed my life when uh, my high school drama teacher said it. And it, – and it actually, and, I, and she didn't say it to me. We didn't actually have a drama class when I was in high school. I, went, I had gone back and I was student teaching, and I sat in on her drama class. And she said this, and I, and I went, "That's exactly right." Is that and this mistake so many people make is there is no drama that doesn't have effective drama that doesn't have comedy in it, and no comedy that doesn't have some effective moments of drama. Right. You know, and so that's where, unfortunately. The Man of Steel really goes away. I I can't really point to any great funny moment in Man of Steel. Not a one. 
Not a one. Sadly, you can say in the dark night. He gets he gets some sideline comments in when he's talking to Lois, but, but they're not. But they're, it's not. It's not. They're more like a side. Whereas kind of like, what makes all of the Marvel movies work, even Iron Man too, because we were talking about that. Like, could you sit through the twenty four hour marathon? I'm like, well, you can nap through Iron Man too. But it's not that I hate Iron Man two. It was just a mess. But there you, were still moments of greatness. How do you propose that the Hulk? get so many good laughs out of that movie there's punny god and then there's puny god puny god and then there's not punny puny and then the hulk make no pun and then and then you have the scene where he's just standing next to thor and all of a sudden lashes out and knocks him out of frame this is comic masterpiece or really even you know the end of iron man 3 no spoiler now when he's like when bruce banner says i'm really not that kind of doctor i mean you know (laughs) it's like there are these moments that are big laughs yeah and why they don't get that i you know i i, I over dc I, I i don't know but anyway so thrilled with those i think they're great directors that's cool um and we got our first look at jesse eisenberg as lex luther this week and already the internet's gone crazy with uh photoshopping which is i'm sorry because i know you're getting very good at photoshop but i i, I kind of looked at this article that was saying that it's like the internet just loves to photoshop i'm like yeah, I'm getting exhausted by these attempts, you know. It was fun throwing the tight fighter in behind but Michael Rabels. But it's still, you know, it, it was already, although this one was funny, is a, is a picture of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. And it's done like the social network text over it and says, right. he has stolen 40 pies, which is a reference to the <laughs> DC superhero dictionary that has Lex Luthor has, like, has stolen 40 pies. It's a kid's book from the 70s that makes no oh sense. Oh, my so, God. I, I thought, okay, that was funny. That was very funny because it, it's a deep, sad, sad thing. So, um, anyway, we've seen him. Uh, he's bald. Everybody's like, oh. You know, I'm like, well, of course. he's tra- Something's got to be traditional. Yeah. Um, and I, for one, the only character I don't want to be funny, have moments of funniness, is Lex Luthor. Right. Because Lex Luthor isn't funny. Well, he was funny in the Donner film. No, but, that, but, that's but that was, he's never that been was portrayed. A type of movie. He's never been portrayed as, the way he is in the yes, comics yes. as being. He's just a driven a hole. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's a very smart man. And it's one of the castings that I was a hundred percent behind. I, well, I actually I like all the castings. Momoa doesn't look like Aquaman, but he looks like he could be an yeah. Aquaman. Yeah, he, yeah. he kind of is more uh, Namor, if anything. But that's all right. It's all right. He's kind of the Aquaman when he lo- when he first lost his hand. Yeah, but back but, then. But you know, he, Aquaman's always been portrayed as blonde and yeah, pale, yeah. and you know, this is Momoa makes more sense. Yes, but in 1941, that's not what the, Paul Norris was going to create. True. You know, I, I understand. So I'm I'm happy with Momoa, happy with Gal Gadot, happy with Ben Affleck, happy with Jesse Eisenberg. Let's just see the damn movie or show something. Which rumor has it. Warner Brothers just did a last-minute scheduling of a of a of a panel at WonderCon, so there is a rumor that we that they may they actually show me. footage. Okay. So I hate to fight my way through that place, although it's not as bad as it at Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, but I may have to stand in line and uh, and go see see what Warner Brothers has to offer in in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Unless the Easter Bunny at Disneyland is more tempting. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, let's see. What else is there? Oh, that uh, Steven Spielberg has been announced as directing uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Which I see you are reading and I read last year. Love the book. 
Uh, Drew Campbell, who was on our podcast last week, had posted saying, I, I thought that book was going to be unfilmable. To which we both sort of reached the conclusion that no book is unfilmable. Right. Just some are badly filmed. <laughs> you know, you can do something with it. It's just not necessarily going to be good. What was the one that uh, came out like two, three years ago? Uh, uh, not Ready Player One. No, Tom Hanks and uh, Halle Berry. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. That was another one they said was unfilmable. Which was mocked this week on uh, uh, the Late Late Show with, uh, what's his James Corden. Did, yeah. did you watch it? No. With Tom Hanks? They reenacted almost every single one of Tom Hanks's movies in six minutes. And they got to Cloud Atlas. And he, he just looks at Tom Hanks and says, I, I really don't know what was going on. You had like six characters. I didn't understand the accents. He goes, I know, no, no. It really bears watching us several times. It really <laughs> rewards that, you know. So I thought of you because I haven't watched it once yet. It's one yeah. I want to, but, you know. Yeah. So Ready Player One, uh, I really like that novel. Um, I think it's I'm one- enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, I attended a conference last su- last summer where uh, this psychologist at uh, the head of Loyola Marymount University's psychology department said that was like when somebody asked, well, what do you think the future is most, uh, you know, our culture is headed? He said, read Re- Ready Player One, mm. because I think that's most likely what commerce is going to look like what things are going to and it's a marvelous it's a marvelous construction of a book because of the how far are you into it uh not very far i'm up to like an early discussion of the it, it definitely oasis fe- system. it definitely definitely feeds into our demographic yeah and when i say our demographic i really mean our age group because the willy wonka it's sort of like a cyber willy cyberpunk willy wonka uh chart in the chocolate factory and um, that the Willy Wonka figure, who has legitimately passed on, yeah. Um, basically, for those not familiar with it, the the basic setup is that there is that most people have retreated into this massive cyber world, basically an MMORPG that has taken over life and education and, and, and everything. Yeah, well, and, it's yeah. taken over life. That's yeah. it, that's it. And uh, that uh, the guy who created it has died but he's left a game behind a, a series of puzzles and, and whoever can yeah. beat the game will get will become be the, the heir yeah, the- and control it all uh so there's actually a company set up to it's like slugworth uh to yeah. actually hire people to try to beat the game and then they'll get they'll get control of this cyberspace um and uh but the the guy grew up watching 80s movies, playing the original video games, and listening to the music. So it right. is funny to me. You're reading it, it's like, this is pretty much my childhood right no, here. That's a, it's a wonderful conceit to put something in the future that is so tied in yes. to the 1980s and all the... all the, the No, absolutely, absolutely. So it's a, it, it, it's, it's a very fun novel. And the only thing, uh, I think it's, it's fascinating. You should read that and you should read Little Brother. And say, oh, yeah. yeah, this is where the world uh, could very well go. The only thing, I think, is Ernest Klein is the author. The only thing, when I read it, that I went, hmm, I completely agree with him on ter- in terms of I could see entertainment going this way. I could see education going this way. Yeah. Uh, I think for purposes of getting to his story, he glossed over the sociopolitical ramifications. Like, basically, let's look at today's headlines and say – What's going on in Yemen right. and the Middle East? He has a world that has totally given over to this cyber world. I don't think that the Shiites would give in to that 
easily. Right. And it's not part of his story. Right. But as I was reading it, that's the only flaw for, for me was like, I, I can't believe that, that people just all rolled over. Into well, it's be, and because it does take on a, a global, it does talk about right. this and as that, a global and that's what I mean. situation. It's a global situation. Yeah. And that's why I find that, but I went, you have to gloss. You have to gloss over that. That's the only. That's a stupid nerd weakness. Yeah. I mean, that only someone like myself would be like, "Well, I'm what are the sociopolitical ramifications about? when yeah. the story is so dang good?" Yeah. So uh, I did not think it was unfilmable. I watched it, going, "I can't believe that it, they haven't done anything tried yet." Oh, they are trying. Yeah, so I like the fact that you just Freudian said, "I watched it." I watched it. I, As I read the book, I, I watched, watched it. That's true. I did. It was in my head. Totally. So not unfilmable. I have a chip in my head that broadcasts everything. Um, <clears throat> and how we know the world is about to come to an end is that Arnold Schwarzenegger um, is like legitimately acting. Did you see the trailer for Maggie? Uh-uh. Okay, it's a little independent zombie film. Um, but it looks like no other zombie film I've ever seen. This would be like, it's like almost like a chapter out of World War Z, the World War Z version I watched in my head when I was reading. Uh-huh. Um, Abigail Breslin, which it, the tra- trailer says, like, you know, Academy Award nominee, Abigail Breslin, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, is his daughter, and she's gotten the zombie virus. And it's very clear from the trailer that there has been a major outbreak, major infection, but it's kind of under control. They quarantine and destroy the people that turn. Right. Somehow he has convinced the authorities that he will take care of his daughter and then take care of her when the time comes. And so it's actually a a father-daughter drama of his grappling with his grief, literally watching his daughter die and become undead. So kind of the governor in uh, Yeah, yeah, which people said is is that Schwarzenegger has become the Walking Dead's governor instead, but done as, you know, just a little indie drama. And the stunning thing is people are going, and you can see it in the trailer, Schwarzenegger's acting. Yeah, Schwarzenegger's good, and there was there's only a little moment of, oh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then it's completely easy to forget that it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's his face is aged in the way that, you know, the last few years you see him in other movies and it looks like he's done bad plastic surgery. His face looks natural. It looks like he's aged. It looks like he's tired. He's weak. He's scared. He's you know. It, it's like, yeah. Oh my God, I may actually because I always thought he was a good movie star, um, but. This may be the movie where we all go, holy crap, he learned to act. What did he do? Why did he wait so long? <laughs> Was it well, politics he, that did it? Uh, <laughs> he probably hasn't had any roles like that offered to him before. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, maybe not. So uh, we, we shall see. I look I, I look forward to Maggie is that film. And, uh, and then there's just a rumor popping up that Matt Smith may go into the Harry Potter franchise. Good thing that that Nate's not on this episode. Uh, but he may play uh, Newt Scamander uh, as the lead in that trilogy that is planned of the... Based on the... The, or the Imaginary Beasts. Right. The, you know, and so the prequel trilogy. Uh, so I think that'd be an awesome awesome casting, having no idea who what Newt Scamander is like, but just to see Matt Smith get a nice franchise in the movies and... He's yeah, he young can, enough he that he could do it for do, a while. He, can, he could definitely do the fantasy kind of stuff. Well, you know, he's got that ridiculous fake British accent. So, um, yeah, <laughs> kidding. I was just thinking about that because I was watching, as we're going to transition into TV, I was watching iZombie and thinking the guy that's the, the evil zombie on that. Yeah. Uh, what, is, uh, what is his name? Uh, doggone it. Somebody's going to shout it at the at So you're actually ahead right of now. me now. 
Uh, I've, yeah, the two episodes. Yeah. But you saw him in the first episode. Yeah. But he's always been on shows with a British accent. And he's got an American accent in this one. And I think he really is American. And I had no idea. Uh, and it's the rare case of, a, of an okay. American actor playing a British. Because when I met him at Comic-Con last summer. And he at least sat down at the table and spoke to us with a with an American accent. Now he might have been pulling one over on all the on all the reporters, but that was like, the point, though. But yeah, I well, since I know since Zachary Levi talked to me uh, in a Cockney accent sure, at a sure, party sure. one night, uh, who knows? These actors, they're so fun. Um, I do like Zachary Levi, but anyway, uh, there it is. Uh, so let's go to, let's go to TV. We can start with saying I zombie. I am one ahead then I guess. And I'm just want to say I liked it too. Yeah. I liked it. Charming. I liked that Michael Allred gets to do the title sequence. I forgot about that. Yes. That was awesome. Even though it isn't, it's not in the credits. It isn't the graphic novel. I couldn't see his name in the credit, but the last, the, the end credits just zoom by. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fun, and you'll like the second episode. It's just not it's it's not the graph the Vertigo series. I Zombie. It's based on the Vertigo series, but you know. It, Did you have the same relief I had about the guy in her office picking up on the fact that she's actually a zombie? I loved early? that. I loved it. But not, not that's the true that calling on. part. That's yeah. the true calling part. You know, it's like oh, he's the Indian Zach Galifianakis. Okay. Yeah. Um, because you know, I didn't know that Zach Galifianakis was a stand-up when I first saw True Calling. I thought he was, and when I saw him actually in a stand-up doing stand-up, I was like, oh, "That's the guy from True Calling," you know. Yeah. So uh, I liked him on that show too. Uh, so it's a fu- it's a fun enough show. I think I'm with it in the long haul. I want to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, a couple characters that still got to work out that that whole. Uh, and here's the interesting thing: is that they they very clearly. There's like a naming convention that is almost out of the Vertigo series, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, because she's Liv Moore because she wants to live more. Um, her fiance was named Major. Like, you right. know, there's just odd names that stick in your head. But it, 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 it's a fun series. And, yes, of course, obviously, there's that Veronica Mars vibe to it. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Couldn't hurt. I think once they get rolling into what their major plot is – then we may get away from being the procedurals so much and and really into some interesting stuff. So it's fun. Yep. Um, there are dueling crowdfunded TV slash web series with, and I say dueling because they have like almost identical plots. One's going to, uh, last week, Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk in a series called Con Men. Did you see, did you see the Kickstarter for this? No, I did not. Okay, uh, so basically Alan Tudyk is like the star of a cult favorite TV series, and he and Nathan Fillion will be going about their adventures, going from convention to convention, dealing with it, with fans and uh, you know being comedic, uh, t- telling a fictional story of fictionalizing their experiences at a convention, and then two actors from Supernatural launched on Indiegogo a series concept called Kings of Con. Uh, which are about their experiences as uh, fictionalizing their experiences at supernatural conventions. So um, it's very interesting that they both, I mean, and they said we've been in development for, they've been in development for over a year, um, that these two concepts, did you just look them up? No. Uh, uh, that these two concepts uh, that are like the same concept went clash, you know, a week apart. So I don't know which one will win. I don't know which one will be funny. But I hate to say my my money is on Alan Tudyk because uh, I love him. Um, I don't know if you caught up on The Flash, but I believe that Plastic Man may have made a cameo appearance as the ceiling. 
I didn't notice that. I am totally caught up on the flash. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, uh, which they'd done. Uh, we noticed on Smallville uh, a while ago that the uh, the coffee house on Smallville was uh, was all in Plastic Man colors and Plastic Man <laughs> designs. So um, the wow. ceiling in uh, oh, where did they go? That uh, the coffee shop. It wasn't. It wasn't jitters. Um, which is a dumb name for a coffee shop. Uh, yeah, just, although I've I've seen you, uh, we've all had the jitters. Um, Not since I quit. I know, I know, but no. Uh, mm-hmm. Only when we get you upset, then it starts up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're like Daisy. You're like Sky on Shield. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember where they went, but they, but it, you looked up and it had the yellow and black stripes. It was a red ceiling with yellow and black highlights and the diamonds, the diamond of his belt buckle inset. And uh, interesting. So I don't think that I think it's just a nod. Could be Jeff Johns just coming in, I, I, which I think I he want does. you to paint the ceiling. This I way. mean, come on! I mean, if you watch this week's episode of uh, when there are elements of the Flash where it's like, let's give you a little expository uh, catch up on all these possibilities, and uh, you know, so it was a good, yeah, loving the rogues. Love that you got to show everything revelatory about Harrison Wells that, and then undo it. That dialogue about uh, between Cisco. No, between Cold and the Flash at the end. Oh, brilliant! Oh man, here are the ground rules. Yeah, this is how we. This is how we're going to be like the comic book. I'm like, brilliant. Yeah. All right, these are the rules. We've got detente. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, great. You know, no more killing. No more doing this. Like, do my best. But they take their nuclear options off the table. Yeah. I, that I don't know how casual viewers saw that, but. To me, because they're... from the, for, from a fl- flash history, that is a wonderful and pivotal scene, and it does explain how Captain Cold can show up on the spinoff as a potential lead, which is the which is what the rumor is that the new that the third CW superhero show is going to ha- feature Cold and Heatwave. Uh-huh. Well, if the Rogues Gallery have now had a code of honor forced upon them, which we know from the way Jeff Johns has written Captain Cold, that Captain Cold is still villainous. But he definitely has a code. He's not, and I loved that he even looked over at one point at Cisco and said, which is right out of the comic book, I took that gun apart. I, yeah, I you know can't fool me. You can't fool me. It's like I just can't yeah. rebuild it. Yeah. I can't recreate it. You've got to do it. But I know what goes where. That actor is amazing. Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah. I, because I, yeah, the rest, I did the not rest watch, of the rogues are okay. I did not he watch Prison Break. Great. But he but he um he's Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell. Right, so they were the two leads of Prison Break. Dominic Purcell was on a show I liked called um, John Doe. It was on Fox, and oh, he yeah, was, he like was Dracula one. in Blade Trinity. Okay, uh, he's a better actor than Blade Trinity allowed. I like that he's just going nuts as Heatwave, yeah, and he's actually creating a character different from anything he's ever done. But then Wentworth Miller as Len Snart is like, yeah. That's how Captain Cold would talk. Yeah. That's totally and and his whole justification. I like being. I don't want to move out of the city. Yeah. I like being here. I like. I like. This is I what like I want to game. do. I like the energy. The, when he yeah. said, "I like the game," I'm like, yeah. "Oh, you've just laid it out." That's so. Yeah. I I, uh, I I I loved this week's Flash. Yeah. I liked Agents of Shield. I wasn't loving it, but you know, it's it's an interesting concept set up. So we shall see. Did you watch Powers by any chance? No, I have not. I don't think you need to. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of, and I'm sorry to say it, but 
way back when Malibu Comics Ultraverse when they d- released yeah. Firearm James Robinson's first title uh-huh. they did like a half hour videotape of Firearm which was done by a completely different company that didn't even look at the artwork so that like no character looked right but it was a prequel to the Firearm series um, and Powers was not that m- much far advanced from a home video giveaway uh, that Malibu did in 1993. Interesting. And you talk about your Photoshop, the the, the Adobe Premiere effects of the superheroes flying yeah, and yeah. throwing bolts. It was like so... Ah, it's a real low end. It, it was really low end. I don't like... It's... I, I'm, I, I'm done with it. The guy from District 9. Uh, what's his name? Um, Charlto Copley. I, I thought, okay, I didn't like him in, in Maleficent. I thought maybe it was just the approach to the character. I just don't think he's that great a character. He looks too made up to look like who he is. Uh-huh. You know, like they're, they're trying too hard to make him fit the art. Um, the only interesting character, to, to in, the villains are interesting. And they're not following the plot of powers either. Right, they start before they're, Retro Girl. They're vaguely, no, it, it, well, they've set up a character who's very clearly going to be the next Retro Girl, and they've got the old Retro Girl. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Eddie Izzard is a guy named Wolf, who I guess in the, in the comic was immortal, was one of his... I didn't uh, know what, Eddie Izzard was in it. Eddie, yeah. So he's interesting. So maybe I should say, you might, the first episode is free. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and then they buy the PlayStation Network in order to watch more. Uh, so I watched the pilot and went, okay, Eddie Izzard was interesting, and uh, and Noah Taylor uh, is uh, Johnny cause Johnny Domino uh, or Johnny Diamond. I can't remember what is no Diamond is who Walker was, but but right there it's like a, a central tenet of of powers was that nobody knew he had been Di- I thought nobody knew he had been diamond hmm. um, and this is no very clearly everybody knows everybody knows he was a power and and it's just and, and his whole thing is he keeps forgetting that he doesn't have powers anymore and I'm like uh, you know it, it was just over every beat overly done yeah and a lot of people overly made up that you don't need to do it and everything felt just vaguely unreal not stylized just vaguely unreal, and so I was disappointed in. So this is on the PlayStation Network, yes. and can you do it with the PlayStation Three? Yes. Okay. Because that's all I have. I don't have a four. You don't have a four. I thought you'd bought a four. No, I was thinking about it. So, um, and a, a, a minor, a minor game review I wanted to throw in there because uh, we were at a friend's house recently, and they are big downloaders of PlayStation games. Absolutely hilarious, fun, a game from the nineties that you may have played back then you don't know jack oh yeah i played not you don't know jack on playstation and the way you do it on the playstation is you take your phone and you bluetooth you you hook into the local wireless network so you're all on your phones and the phones will give you oh, interesting. A, a control that is it's much better than anything that game has ever had before and but it's connected to the internet for all the stuff and it's it's marvelously I had, produced i had it on the mac yeah, I, I had it on the Mac too, but it was like, yeah, you, you get that side of the keyboard, yeah, I'll yeah. get this side. No, it was, that's cool. This is this is really really cool. Um, so, it, oh, that's fun. That's fun. Fun party game for for I think it may have gone up to six players. Um, that's that's play. great. That's great. Uh, you know, in a couple of weeks we're going to get Daredevil, so I just want to remind people that uh, it's, things are getting excited. Did you see the promo poster for that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the beat up Matt Murdock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're excited about that. With a weird to, smile on his face. And we want to acknowledge, 
again, because Nate's not here, today marks the 10th anniversary of the revival of Doctor Who. Yes, it does. Christopher Eccleston even sent a congratulatory note to Radio Times. There's a bonding. There's there's healing there's, going there's on. There's healing there. going on. Yes. Yeah, Maybe then, time and, for the 60th. And uh, there was a video of of uh, Capaldi talking about when he first, first saw Eccleston. Oh, Eccleston, yeah. yeah. Eccleston, and, he, and he's, he's, that's Doctor Who. You know, they, yeah. Because there was all this, will there be a TARDIS? Will it look like that? You know? Yeah. And, but then when he saw Eccleston, and he saw Eccleston's delivery. and the, Is that when know. he could feel the world uh, yeah, right. rotating? Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. So excited. So I want to acknowledge. And when I, do we get a new, new Doctor Who? What? When do we get more Doctor Who? <laughs> Next, Next fall. Year? Next fall. I can wait. Yeah. I can. Because uh, i got to go back. i got to go back and read. 50 re- years worth of, yeah. you know, and I've got all these big finish audio dramas. Oh, too. I'm loving the big finish stuff. Did I, I, I'm, I'm finished with the first uh, season of Paul McGann. Oh, no, I haven't. Uh, <clears throat> Luke and I are slowly working through. Uh, we got the light at the end, the 50th anniversary episode that has the, that has, uh, four, actually has one through eight. Uh, these are the big finish audio productions from the BBC that uh, that are, they're not from the BBC, they're they're licensed BBC BBC. radio, BBC seven, I think was, do they run that? But big finish is, I think is separate. Yeah, because uh, and they produce them and then they run them. That's on BBC. it's difficult because they they have these people talking in the extras and they talk about this stuff and I'm not sure how much they're they're misremembering or not associating properly and I but because because it was it's a big deal that they're going to do the Kate Lethbridge Stewart um, drama as a spinoff you as know, a s- big finish big finish so but uh, so the McGann stuff I mean absolutely wonderful I the have three episodes of McGann to listen did you to. get the horror of glam rock not yet. I'm gonna get. get I'm gonna that. get the whole thing. No, I'm, I'm going that, through in order. I got episode one and two. The it, something it about the It has a glam rock version of the Doctor Who theme All in right. it. I'm, 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 I'm. I'll be working through, but I want to save these for Luke. You know, so okay. we've been listening to the light at the light at the end, which has four, th- three, four through eight, and then I think other actors portraying one through three, but they're through like filters so that they. So they sound more like decent, yeah, yeah. impersonations. But you can say like it's crackling, you know. Um, and it's fun. It's interesting. And, you know, it's more and more wanting to go back and watch Sixth Doctor because I've always been afraid that Colin Baker probably portrayed the Doctor I would most likely be if I were a Doctor. Uh, and, uh, you know, but there, it, it is interesting to hear. And, my God, how, how Tom Baker has not lost a bit of his voice. You yeah. know, it, it, it is legitimate to what. But to hear four and eight go up against the other, it's fun. So, I, you know, loving... I just want to acknowledge the 10th anniversary, even though it's the 52nd anniversary coming up. But of the revival, the revival really sparked it for me. I watched a little fourth. I watched a little fifth. Yeah. It's the it's the ninth that did it. You yeah. know, I mean, I watched the Palm again, too. But that was, you know, there was nothing to fan of it. But I got hooked on Doctor Who as a result of that revival. And it is this, that and Venture Brothers are my strongest fandoms right now. It's very sad and strange. Uh, so to acknowledge well, There's it, so much alike. Not really. Not really. Not at all. No, no. Uh, but I, I do want to acknowledge, and I, I still need to write up, uh, I did get to see the uh, Marvel Universe Live that came to San Jose this weekend. And I did not have high hopes because you had seen the Batman Live and you did not see and you I enjoyed the Batman Live one. Um, when I saw this one, I saw there was like an emphasis on motorcycles. And... I wished I was five. Yeah. No, I, and I mean this as a positive. 
going by myself because my son does not like arena shows. So I had yeah. I I tried to get an extra ticket and uh, and I said, "Buddy, do you want to go?" And he's like, he's got this, you know, not unreasonable phobia uh, of of just the size of, of the event at this point. He's it's overwhelming. Guy. It's over a little overwhelming for him, and I'm and I, I I'm not one of those dads. Because I don't want him to hate like it's a small world the way I hated it when my dad made me go on that over and over, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to force you where where you're not, you're not comfortable. So I went by myself and uh, and only spent like eighty bucks on souvenirs, uh, and that was just a, you know, a drink. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what the drinks were. They had snow cones and Spider Man mugs. It was awesome. I didn't do that. I got t- a couple T shirts and a program. But um, I thought if I was a kid. That would have been the greatest show I'd ever seen. Yeah, and the thing I want to say about the motorcycles, I agree with you. So there's a thing where the where motorcycle stunts always go just a little too long, no matter what the context. Go to Circus Vargas if you remember yeah. that years ago. You know, it always goes on a, like one or two stunts too long, and they do it too many times. But about halfway through, I was going, I don't see any wires on these guys. Like if Captain America misses and Dumped he almost bike. did yeah. on one. We're going to watch something horrible happen. Like, he goes up a ramp and onto a ledge, and he sli- it slipped back. And I thought, I don't see any safety now. I, you know, I mean, these guys are really good. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm trying to formulate, and I've got notes down. It's like we are creating the myth of how the Marvel Universe works. So that a thousand years from now, you're going to look back, and there are going to be key elements that, were, that, that mankind, if there is a mankind will know, like our legend of Hercules, the legend of the Avengers, or a legend of Marvel. There was the Cosmic Cube. Loki is crucial. Right. At, at the Avengers, they've already formed here, but you, you've got your high point of all of them. Uh, around the table. Around the table. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, it, it, you're, and you got to throw the X-Men in there, which I was surprised the X-Men could be thrown in there. So there are three, Cyclops, Storm, and Wolverine show up. It's mostly Wolverine. Like, of course, logically, if you're going to pair off, put Wolverine with Bruce Banner because you put with the guy with the with the Berserker Rage against the guy who can't afford to have a Berserker Rage. Um, uh, they team up. They they break up in little groups and they do the little stunt things. And you get your right. greatest hits. There's the Sinister Syndicate. Uh, you know, so the Green Goblin does, and they actually stage that pretty cleverly in an arena situation. Um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And and uh, even the toys they were selling, most of them actually to do. Like I saw there was a Captain America on a motorcycle, and I went, what? It's the 70s Red Brown Captain America. Right. But then you see him on the motorcycle, and I'm like, oh, so the kids can actually go home and reenact that. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Very clever. Most of the costumes were really cool. And, even, and they teased the Hulk transformation so much that I was like, okay, by the time they get to it, and it does look a little silly, and I, I will run a small photo in my article. I actually have seen most of it now. I was yeah, because I'm sure it's all over. All over YouTube. And, uh, but it's like, when you're actually in the context of it, it's like, damn it, I want to see the Hulk. Yeah. All right, that's not bad. And they made him huge. And, and, and of course, Loki has to control him. Yeah. For a while, you know, I mean, yeah. these are these are the so beats. he can fight the other right. Other so these guys. are the beats of the legend of sure. Marvel Universe, which I think is just funny. But they, but everybody gets their iconic pose, so the kids can all get thrilled, you know. And the Spider-Man effects were really good, and I was impressed the with the projection mapping. Yeah, like for Iron Man shooting his repulsors, and and the lights go down on the ground, and yeah. it's like lightning going across, and I'm like, um, it's clever. It's you know, it, it it was fun. I wish that my son had come with me. But what I loved about it was 
watching dads and grand because this is where we are now. Yeah. Grandfathers and dads explaining to their kids yeah. who these people are. Yeah. And how this fits and seeing, and I'm sitting next to a little boy who's dressed as Thor and a little girl dressed as Hulk. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then I asked, Lawn went on Saturday and I went on Friday night and like, who got the biggest pops for you? And the, the biggest pop for my audience on Friday night was Black Widow. That so many girls in the oh, audience yeah. were like, yeah, Black Widow. And, and then, of course, I, I saw so many other people like going... And what about those people wearing Superman shirts? And uh, you know, do they not get it wearing Batman and Wonder Woman? Like, let's let's go relax. <laughs> but it was a party. You go and in the lot in the foyer is face painting for a price, uh, green screen photos with stamp cutouts of the people. And really, considering what they were selling, I didn't think that it was any worse than a Sharks game. I just thought that I feel safer among the cosplayers for Marvel Universe Live than. Then by my office, by the arena where the sharks guys are all walking by, um, probably wasn't that pricey. T-shirts for thirty bucks. I'm like, okay, that's about that's, that's about, about what right you pay at a concert, a concert or yeah. you know. Um, the toys were like twenty to twenty five. I'm like, okay, a little pricey, but yeah. you know. But they came with a guarantee for two years. Oh, cool. Which I thought that's amazing. Wow. That's you know, and they got and and I, and I didn't know that at the booth, but they were coming around in in the seats and and selling stuff. And they said, and and they said, here, take the, you know, I saw a kid buy it, and the, and the guy said, you need to take this and just online. So if the toy breaks within two years, you can get it replaced. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's customer service. Yeah, no, you're not usually expecting that at an arena show. No, yeah. it, it was great. You know, I get irritated by outside. There are the people selling the swords, the glow swords, which there was no place for glow swords, but they were selling them anyway. Yeah, inside. But at least those ones are the Marvel superheroes, and they do. And yeah. then they, and then there's guys selling. They're like, we got the good ones. They're cheaper than, it. but they're not the Marvel ones. And you know, and yeah. and then of course there's a guy saying repent, and I'm like, okay, uh, again. As I saw you post something today, I'll say again, I consider myself Christian. I, I, I believe in his teachings, love and all that. And and like the morality of a Marvel show is actually underscoring, yeah. Yeah. Uh fight for the little guy, look out for everybody, be the, be right, you know. Right. If 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 any if ever there was an audience that deserves to not be berated <laughs> Jesus had his his action figure. Oh no! Don't don't no don't with no. with the money lenders. No and, don't. Oh, okay okay. His action moment. Okay, I thought you were going to go blasphemous. No uh, no, you no. Know, yeah, I was uh, saying he he had he he mixed it up with the bad guys. He did. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's an interesting point of view. I'd never really put it quite that way in yeah. my head, but it, it it makes sense to me. So anyway, if the Marvel Universe Live is coming to your town still, I actually recommend it. I really I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And I, I was very impressed with a lot. I wish I was going without a theatrical background so I could be fooled by some of the misdirections. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it'd be snotty. It's like, well, you know, come on, I've just spent 10 years as a drama teacher. So, of course, I'm losing. Oh, you want me to look over here? So what so is over here? over here? Yeah. So you're prepping. I want to see what you're doing over there, you know. But, yeah. So, anyway, it, it was uh, – I just realized we skipped what's in the bag. And it's okay tonight because it's late. Um so sorry if you love that segment. Actually, it's, there's one thing you reminded me about. There was a. It's just not the same without Nate. But there anyway. was a poster this week of all the Batmobiles. You saw this? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. And I was I was disappointed. I was gonna I was gonna explain the there were at least two that I I thought that they missed out on um, on having in that. It's supposed to be all the iconic Batmobiles, which is really tough 
And you know, there was Batman sixty six there. Um, yes, Batman sixty six was. Then there. that's the only one that uh, matters to me. But the ones that I thought they, they missed uh, the Beware the Batman Batmobile. Oh, that's not a bad one. And they missed the one from the Batman Arena show, uh, which was a really cool Batmobile. And, and given all the different, they, they drew from the TV show, they drew from animation, they drew from yeah. all different books, and they drew from the movies and all the stuff. And I thought that was entirely valid. And that was the toy that I bought. And there was the the Mattel oh, Hot yeah. Wheel of that that vehicle, which was really you know, uh, a nice little display box and stuff. So, all right, all right. So, uh, all right, uh, yeah. I, like I said it's probably not. I, we should pick up next week. We'll talk about some of these books. I think. Yeah, this uh, this is the only one that I thought was really noteworthy because we have because you talked about it. One yeah, of the previous issues. Well, this out. is issue five of Lady Mechanica, and I was told. That it now says five of five. So, Wait, let me see. and I haven't opened it up yet to see. Um, but it, it may not have said that. It, it at least said that in the record that the comic shop had when they rang it up. Does it say in the Nadisha? Uh, no, this is volume one, issue f- uh, chapter five. Chapter oh, it says now it says, and now the conclusion. Yeah. So, okay. so without having announced that this was going to be a limited run, I mean, this book has been going on forever, as I mentioned before. Uh, but now, Lady Mechanica, the Tablet of Destinies, issue one, will come out in April. So they're going to they'll do a new arc, yes, in the future, and then this will undoubtedly finally get mini-series. get into a trade. But what's noteworthy about um, about the artist here is uh, Joe Benitez. Yes, um, this guy is prolific on Facebook with sketches of the character probably i've seen yeah i've seen twice as many sketches as i've actually seen pages of of the comic and so um i have no doubt that the graphic novelist will will reprise a lot of the individual sketches too which are actually quite good so all right uh i I want to throw out just because it has been pointed out elsewhere did you read this no i haven't yet okay just a few weeks ago we brought up how to me the greatest children's classic that is still funny to me as an adult was the monster at the end of this book. This issue of Multiversity Ultra Comics yes. essentially follows the plot of the monster at the end of this book. Which they've been doing through the... Yes, but he's actually saying, don't turn to the last page! Don't, don't turn! Well, Scott, you must read this comic you and then not is scrolled, com- yes. scrawled in. And, yes, yeah. it is totally Grover as the monster at the end of this book. Um, but really like oh it's clever it's creepy it's it's interesting and again when this whole thing is done i gotta sit down and read through them all and go oh is grant morrison messing with our head indeed but if you want to mess with our heads uh do come back listen to us again and and write in at editor at fanboyplanet.com and let us know what you enjoyed what you did not uh you know any questions you have where we were right where we were wrong. topics we should be talking about let us know uh we ran a little longer than i wanted to it always it always happens we enjoy the conversation hope you did too i'm Derek mccaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com and i'm rick brett snyder reminding you to Use Use your your powers powers only only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. 
lukeskisk.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. (laughs) (laughs) Fanboy. Um, which I've already seen the uh, Entertainment Weekly ran a picture of Lex Luthor, of uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Uh, you know, all the pictures you've already seen, really. To understand the question I heard. Oh, no. I, for one, welcome our cybernetic overlords. <laughs> that was the... That was the Amazon Echo. No, I know what it was. Oh, yeah, I know, but the, but the audience uh, the, the keyword is Alexis. What time is it? Oh, well. I said Lex Luthor. I see. Right. I get it. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Um, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and I'm Rick Bre- and I'm Rick Brett Snyder. <laughs> this is going out. You couldn't write your name this week, and no, now you can't now even can't say, say it. it. Have you thought about a legal change? I've thought about it many times. Schneider. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use Use your your powers powers only only for for good. good.